That's a, that's a banging ass beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turn my headphones up. Turn them shits up. <laughs> For real, I can't hear anything. <laughs> Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously. So just don't. Hollywood is full of stories of talented upstarts that, like Icarus, fly too close to the sun. Maybe it's the fame or a drug problem or a troubled background that do them in, but either way, they come crashing back to the earth. Unlike Icarus, their wings melt for all to see and much to the delight, admit it or not, of the gawking crowd. Shia LaBeouf is just such a case. In the early 2000s, he seemed to come out of nowhere and climb to A-lister status, but the second decade of the century has been much less kind to him. What caused Shia LaBeouf to go from burgeoning leading man to troubled liability over the past few years? Why do so many people mock or even hate him? Today, we'll delve into the actor's work and background as we try to answer that very question. Grab you a bucket of popcorn, put on your Transformers t-shirt, and get ready to stop letting your dreams be dreams and just do it on this latest episode of Asshole Court. So just do it. Make your dreams come true. All right, uh, so let's do preliminary scores. What do you guys know about Shia LaBeouf or LaBeouf? Even that, I don't know. We were actually just talking about that. I've been saying LaBeouf this whole time, but apparently LaBeouf eh, sounds a little bit better. Yeah, it's LaBeouf. At okay. least that's how I've always heard it the entire time. that like I. He's like a French ripped dude. LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Le Le I am, I'm not only buff, I am LaBeouf. LaBeouf, the buff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's a good... After you know, yeah, I mean that would be Elron. We've got LaBeouf should have been Schwarzenegger's uh, made-up name. Yeah, They're and like, Shia is like Steve. So in French, he's Steve the Buff. Steve the Buff. <laughs> that's it. What do you guys got, buddy? Go ahead. All right. So for me, um, you know, I've I've known Shia LaBeouf for a long time. Um, I've watched his stuff. You know, growing up. Um, I loved him in the Transformers flicks. I thought that he did really good. He does sometimes have a tendency to overact a little bit, but then again, you know, like I remember watching the greatest game ever played and he did a really good job playing a, a golfing dude in there who won okay. the, the 1913 US Open. And I, I've just loved him as an actor, um, but I think that he has that kind of a Tom Cruise effect uh, that where I love watching him on the screen, but I would hate to hang out with him in real life. Yeah. 
Uh, so that's kind of where I sit because, you know, like even, you know, I know he kind of fell off the radar for a bit, but he's come back and I like watched that movie, uh, the peanut butter Falcon recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, I enjoyed that. So, I mean, like I enjoy him as an actor, but, uh, I, I seem to recall some, him being in some crazy incidents, but you know, as we've been doing this show time after time, you see that, you know, when somebody hits it big early, there is a tendency for them to fall off the rails and very publicly, like you talked about mm -hmm. in the intro. Um, so I, I think that's kind of what's happened to him. But, you know, I've never really taken a deep dive to find out. So I'm interested to see what we uncover in the show. But for me, starting off right off the rip, since I did uh, kind of correlate him to uh, Tom Cruise, I'm going to go a little bit higher because we had Tom at like a 4.58. But uh, I'm going to push him up to like a 5.0 opening score okay for Shia for buddy randy what you got all right so i don't know a whole lot about this dude mm -hmm. um other than he was in transformers mm -hmm. and even you know i watched that one time and mm -hmm. it's good there uh the movie you just mentioned buddy the peanut butter falcon yeah 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 sounds like an ice cream flavor <laughs> and, and i i miss out on life and people dog me for this all the time i don't watch many movies mm -hmm. It, it kind of pulls me out of some conversations when people are quoting movies. I've seen, of course, the classics like Dumb and Dumber and Tommy Boy. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Great so movies. No. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. They are classics, though. Those are classic comedies. Absolutely. They, yeah, they are. There's some of the uh, some of the funniest stuff comes out of those mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. Top Gun, Roadhouse, seen all that stuff. I just I I'm not like a huge blockbuster guy like Buddy. I don't yeah. I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't watch a lot of movies, but it's all right. Uh, this dude, honestly, he's one of these guys, I think, that people just kind of love to hate him a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, he may have that face that you kind of want to slap. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't, I, I, he doesn't bother me, but you know, there's just some people that, you know, that bother others. Yep. Uh, Jake Paul, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Those for guys, sure. Like, for sure. Again, I don't have a huge issue with him, but yeah, they just have a very slappable face. You, uh, I'm sure everybody knows somebody like that, right? That's why there's there used to be a subreddit called Punchable Faces. There you go. They had to get rid of it because uh, you know, they were <laughs> people like, were getting too butt hurt. I could see that. No, they were just like it's borderline violent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like these are just people who haven't done anything other than just looking like they look. I guess <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of them pulling it down though because that was a great subreddit. So honestly, I'm gonna start this guy off right around. You know. We say the average asshole is a three to a four. Let's give a 4.5. Okay. I'm right about, yeah, four and a half for this guy to start us off. Be interested to see what I learned about Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, so for me, I also haven't, I don't know. I do like movies or whatever, um, but I don't have a whole lot of information on Shia LaBeouf. To me, he's just a dude, and I sort of agree with Randy here that he seems, you know, at least before doing the research, that he was just like, you know, hated on for some odd reason. He just was sort of like, I don't know, pick of the litter for some folks. They're like, yeah, that guy fucking sucks. I didn't feel that way. So um, I uh, would equate him to Dustin Diamond initially. Yeah. yeah I'd nah, give he's him, about uh, Screech level. Yeah, Screech yeah. level. He looks like a vaguely more handsome Screech, especially when he was younger. Yeah. And um, I think that's what kind of gave him the flexibility of getting more roles while yeah. Screech kind of got pigeonholed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm going to go the 4.6 because that's how we ended up with Dustin Diamond. All right. All right. With a 5.0 from Buddy, a 4.5 from Randy, and a 4.6 from Mikey. Shia LaBeouf's pre-show asshole score is a 4.7. 
All right, 4.7 puts him right above Dustin Diamond, a.k.a. Screech, and just below racist baseball player Ty Cobb mm-hmm. at 4.83. Yeah. So, pre-show yeah. between Screech and a Hall of Fame baseball player. Yes. All right. That was racist, but yeah. everybody was racist at that That's time, right. I think. That's right. He was our very first show, That's Ty right. Cobb. That's right. That was in the time of Hulk Hogan's daddy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, are you guys ready to do the show? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. Yes. Uh, Just do it. Let's talk about Steve Buff. Steve the Buff. All right. Shia LaBeouf was born on June 11th, 1986 in Los Angeles, California, to Shayna and Jeffrey LaBeouf. The legend, according to Shayna and Jeffrey, is that Shia was conceived on a sleeping bag in the back of Jeffrey's van, which, okay, that's a humbling origination story. (laughs) Jesus was born in a manger. Shia was conceived on a Coleman bag in a rusty Econoline van. Coincidence? I think so. Yeah, where uh, where was he born? In L.A. LA. In yeah. L.A. Okay, yeah. out in L.A. somewhere. So at least the temperature was nice while they were outside doing it. Yeah, yeah. Or if it was inside, unless they were out in the Mojave, just could have been on too. that northeastern part of uh, Los Angeles County, just baking in that van, just doing it. Yeah, probably not though. Slopping around. Oh, gross. <laughs> this would be so much better if it was in El Camino. Yes, this would be so much better if we were up at uh, Big Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Where did Shayna and Jeffrey come up with that first name? Well, let's take a quick look at their careers of choice. Shayna was a visual artist, jewelry designer, and a dancer. Jeffrey was a bit more normal. He was a soldier that served in Vietnam. Oh, yeah. And he was also a hot dog salesman and, let's see, a professional clown. So, I guess (laughs) scratch that normal part. All right. Hang on. So his dad was a clown and a hot dog salesman, and he was a vet, so thank you for his service. Thanks for the service, yes, but like, what would he do, like, perform as a clown and then, like, switch clothes real quick I into the hot dog? Like I read a couple different things, like, sometimes they're saying professional clown, sometimes rodeo clown, end of the day, you're a clown. Yeah, yeah a clown's a clown, paid. like, I don't Man, care. it sounds like mom wasn't raking it in either. Well, no, as I'm saying, I'm like, it's it's not great, dude, uh, to be honest. Uh, but what kind of dancing she's doing. Yeah, could be either, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's the only dancing that really pays. pays. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Nasty dancing. Dancing that's, for that's money. Right. She'll do what she wanted to do. But truthfully, uh, his parents named him Shia, which means gift of God, which, you know, Maybe a bit presumptuous. Maybe we let that life play out a little bit before declaring your kid a divine gift. Yeah, you know. For once, I'd like to see a more realistic name given to a kid. Something like Vidunisky, which is Lithuanian for mediocre. Or maybe Ginemschnit, which is Danish for average. It's still better than that shit name like Jackson spelled with an X. I fucking hate that name, dude. Oh, yeah. Is that the most hated name you guys have? What's your most hated name for a kid? Well, there's a whole craze right Slayton, now. Slayton, Braden, Aiden, uh, Jaden, you know. And yeah. somebody said Okaden. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it's just the whole the whole Aiden phase. Put any letter in front of it. Yeah, I feel Braden, bad Kaden, for all those Jayden. kids. Yeah, yeah, it's just bad. And there's so many of them out there. Tons of or them. Stuff like Brandon, Brudden. Oh, when they what? try to get fancy with like the spelling or whatever. Brudden. Yeah, I just made that uh, up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They always try to get fancy with the spelling, dude. Yeah. You're like, just spell it like why, normal, dude. Why don't you like Jackson with an X? 
Because it's nobody's. That's you just made that word up. It's like you're trying to cheat at fucking Scrabble, bitch. Yeah. It's not. It's not <laughs> realistic. Jackson is a very well known name. It's spelled a certain way. Quone. Yeah, and it's not even like there's. Someone. It's not even like some other language has Jackson with an X. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you know. It's like Mikhail or whatever. For me, is different, but it's just oh well. I want him to feel special, so he has an X in there. I'm like the only person with the X in their name that's special is probably Malcolm X. <laughs> Doctor Xavier. Xavier. Yeah, yeah, Xavier. I mean, how many Xaviers do you Professor know? Professor X. One. Yeah, it's not a real person. <laughs> anyway, Shia doesn't have a normal childhood at all. He's raised in Echo Park, which at the time was not a great neighborhood in the 80s and 90s, but is like now very much gentrified. I legitimately found a 932 square foot home that sold this week in Echo Park for $1.2 million. Oh my God. 932 square feet. Not even a thousand square feet. Wow. Echo Park is actually a really a cool neighborhood in LA. Always has been, although it was dangerous there for a while. But like, if you ever seen the movie Chinatown, there's a scene that takes place in Echo Park. There's lakes that are around there. So people would go out to Echo Park and then you'd like rent a little, uh, rowboat and you'd row out there and kind of hang out like a date okay but it was not it was a gangland basically in the 80s and 90s so that's sort of where he was he was raised a little bit so you go out on a date but see a drive-by happen in the background yeah i don't think people were really rowing boats out there on dates in the <laughs> 80s and 90s you okay, know what i'm saying good. yeah good. it's a rowby <laughs> that probably happened dude anyway his father perhaps struggling with undiagnosed ptsd from three tours in vietnam or something suffers from both anger and drug abuse issues, which honestly sounds like a fucking horror novel. A PTSD-ridden Vietnam vet who moonlights as a hot dog-peddling clown? That's a, <laughs> that's a fucking Stephen King novel, dude. Man. Yeah. Not even it. It's like one of the like, spinoffs wow. of it. Yeah, it's like the, a... the, the prequel to yeah. it. <laughs> the origin story. Yeah. Man, we all sit and wonder sometimes, right? You'll be sitting there doing whatever it is you're doing, and you just wonder, like, why, you know, if you're at work or at home, you're just like, why am I doing this? Why, why, why is, yeah, why, why, why is why? this how my life turned out? Right. Like, imagine that thought as a professional clown and hot dog salesperson in the evening. Like, yeah, like you get your check and it's just for pennies, and you're like, oh. Or yeah. you get home at like two o'clock in the morning, you just get on the couch and crack a beer, and you're like, I gotta do this again tomorrow. I gotta yeah. put on makeup and go. This is my dream. And sling hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody sort of has that question, you know? Like this of course. Is, the question is, is this all there is to life? Right. <laughs> but at least I'm not wearing fucking clown makeup and like broke as <laughs> shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. That's an important <laughs> important distinction here. Oh, uh, man. According to one article I found, Shia said that his father abused him verbally and physically. Check it out. When Shia was a baby and crying, his dad remedied the tears by hanging him upside down by one leg. This wasn't made up by Shia. His father was the one that relayed the story, saying, quote, when he wanted to have a tantrum and scream and holler and cry, I would pick him up by one foot upside down and he would totally change. His demeanor would go to wonder and awe, and there was no need to spank him. What? End quote. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Jeffrey was, again, by his own admission, a terrifying parent, even admitting once to pulling a loaded gun on a young Shia in full Vietnam flashback mode. Wow. Damn. 
Yeah. That's scary. But hey, let's back up to the, the holding them upside down thing. Mm-hmm. People do that all the time, right? Like you hold your kids upside down. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. I don't, not, not like as that. a, like it, when you're playing with them and they're having fun, I don't think it's like a punishment of being like, hey, 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 hey. Oh, look, don't worry. He's dangling now. In fact, my son hated it. It scared him really put upside bad. upside down. Yeah. So, like, I did it initially. Like one time I was playing around with them, like my dad would do to me yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Hated it. So I just never did it again. I was like, I don't want my kid to like feel bad or whatever. Now he, in all fairness, he did say that he didn't hate it. So I don't know. Still, <laughs> let's get to the other part here, which is Jeffrey also got booked on an attempted rape charge one time in 1980. Ooh. Ouch. His dad did? Yes. Yikes. So, you know. Attempted rape. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's no he was just clowning around. <laughs> oh, didn't mean I to. knew there was like oh, I was like there's wiggle there room for a joke here, <laughs> oh. and I was like, well, let's not let's not do that. But Randy said, "Fuck it." <laughs> there we are. Um, yeah. So you know, obviously, like I said, uh, whether he him dangling Shia by his leg is not very good parenting or not, the rape charge really sort of changes. This is true. That that's yeah. the uh, the icing. On yeah. The so yeah, I said, yeah, not not a not a great parent. Uh, Shia himself said of his father, quote, my dad is the key to most of my base emotions. My greatest and my worst memories are with my father. All my major trauma and major celebration came from him. It's a negative gift. The only thing my father gave me that was of any value is pain. That's kind of hard as a kid. Like if you uh, it's hard having all those emotions like your dad is there for all the good stuff but also the cause of all the bad stuff too so that's a well as a child he should always be there for the good stuff because he's your dad and he's right. always around yeah but that's just like that's a default setting but you're but like a lot of dads are gone for that shit you know they're not really there for it you know so i mean at least he was present enough to be there for the good shit true pull a gun on him and everything that's yeah that's a hard flip side oh, yeah you know? i don't know if i'd go ahead and exchange that like yeah. my dad was gone a lot he worked a lot of hours i think i'd prefer that to a gun in the face yeah i agree with that so anyways i'm unloading the big guns first here right like um his dad is an abusive person that is an attempted rapist it's hard to find jokes there um Sucks. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, right? But maybe it was the heroin or alcohol addiction or pointing loaded weapons at his children or the reality that a professional clown doesn't tend to make much money unless you're one of those one percenter clowns like Bozo or Ronald McDonald <laughs> or Krusty. But Shia's mom eventually taps out on the marriage and that gives little Shia a little breathing room from his own psychotic rapist clown of a father. But without two incomes, clown income isn't zero, I suppose. <laughs> Shia and his mother get evicted from their Echo Park apartment mm. and are forced to move to Tahunga in San Fernando Valley, which is uh, also an outlaw biker stronghold. At the age of nine, Shia was witness to the rape of his mother when an unknown man entered their home and assaulted her and then ran away. Jeez, Ooh, geez, man. man. I know. Yeah. Nine years old. Dude, I knew nothing about Shia LaBeouf's like, lifestyle. I mean, I, I don't know much about this guy. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I was like doing this and I was like, sweet. Fucking Christ, man. This is horrible shit. It's not great. God, that's a lot of stuff. And, I know. Initially, know. I was like, his dad's a clown. I was like, oh, my God. We're going <laughs> to roll with this for a minute. That's amazing. And then I was like, you know, Vietnam vet clown. There's oh, there's oh. abuse and a pistol and, and there's rape. rape. It's, it's not no. great. Um, it's turning pretty dark here. Yeah. I mean, like I said, his, his, his personal life 
at this point is a total nightmare. But that doesn't stop him from finding a way to express himself. He begins doing stand-up routines uh, with his family, often imitating his father to amuse his mother and his uncle, who at the time, his uncle was discussing a, a, like adopting him. So right, that, okay. To take him in. He somehow manages to land gigs at local comedy clubs at the ripe old age of 10, and even lands an agent after calling a company he found the Yellow Pages and convincing the agent to take him on. He pretended to be like a manager and was like, you got to sign this kid or whatever, I, which is... I don't know how true that is, but it's pretty funny. His uh, shtick apparently was the fact that he was an innocent looking kid. Because, I mean, if you ever see pictures of him as a kid, you're, you know, it's borderline Fred Savage. Right. Yeah, it does kind of have that Fred Savage look. But he sported like the mouth of a crusty old sailor. Yeah. Uh, Crusty the clown even style. Yeah, exactly. He also begins smoking weed and cigarettes at this age, 10 years old. Oh, wow. Supplied entirely by his dad. Oh, no. Yeah, again, oh, I so. I thought you were about to say Screech. No, no, that would be... Screech, at this point, was already trying to get people to buy shirts to save his home. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it's true. Roughly the same same time. Yeah, he might have been selling timeline. some weed, too, around that time. Yeah, wasn't very good at it. <laughs> uh, he begins attending the 32nd Street Visual and Performing Arts Magnet School. And actually, that whole thing is weird because he was also attending like another high school. I don't know. I mean, mm. th- it's funny because a lot of these people that end up being actors, they end up attending these like performance high Performing schools. Art schools. We never had that option. No, not we didn't at have all. STEM schools. We didn't, it was like, there's your high school. That's the one you're yeah. going to. It's yeah. the closest to your house. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Get on the bus and that's it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I feel like with my kid, we're always like my wife's already talking about like, oh, well, we, we should kind of figure out like, is there... There's STEM schools, there's magnet schools. I'm like, they were just like, here's your high school. Yeah. yeah. And you just hope to God it was good. And it was not. <laughs> it was not. So it's around the same time that he met another kid who was basically a child star. And Shia decided that he should go that same route so that he could support his family and get some of the cool shit that this kid had, like shit like a Nintendo 64 or a second pair of shoes. <laughs> oh. Oh, supernatural intuition, though, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. see, you see somebody with what you want, and you're like, "Well, how did he get that?" That's the route I'm gonna take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, as a kid, I, I mean, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna be a fucking movie star." Yeah, duh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I was gonna be a pro baseball player. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, uh, buddy, what were you gonna be? I don't remember. <laughs> you definitely weren't going to a magnet school. <laughs> he said, I was going to just not be hungry, I guess. <laughs> Big thanks for all the support of the last two years. And now we've got something new for you Conspiracy Court. We'll take some of the most unbelievable and sometimes some of the most believable conspiracies and run them through our courtroom style show to see what you think. These shows will be available exclusively on Patreon.com, and you can find us there at AHC Podcast. While you're there, you can sign up for ad-free shows, voting power on future episodes, stickers, swag, and a whole lot more. Check it out today. Once again, thanks for everything, and we couldn't do it without you guys. Seriously. Now, let's get back to the courtroom. Now, as we've talked about multiple times on this show... Most people that decide to take that path towards stardom, they fail miserably. And often, that's with supportive family and friends and some level of resources at their disposal, 
Little Shia didn't seem to have any of that, right? In fact, he was pretty well hamstrung in the resources and stability department, so it's pretty amazing that he found a solid track to fame pretty quickly. In the early 2000s, Shia lands the role of Lewis Stevens on the Disney show channel Even Stevens. Apparently before this, he had done some stuff with like ER or some NCIS, some other small shows or whatever, but he lands uh, a role as Lewis Stevens on Even Stevens. And in all honesty, I obviously was not the target demographic uh, for the show at the time of his popularity. I was probably in my early 20s. So I have no clue at all about the show, its premise, quality, etc. But it being a Disney Channel show, I'll just assume that the plot has something to do with some know-it-all kid outsmarting adults at every turn because that's the general template for Disney Channel shows that I've seen. The adults are always idiots, especially the dads. Yeah. I mean, kids show dads are just fucking dumb as rocks and the kids are always way smarter. <laughs> but let's get real here, Disney kid. You're just the genetic soup coming from that idiot dad's balls. You know, if he's a bumbling fuck up, well, you're staring your future in the face, aren't you, bratty little dildo? <laughs> Nice. But they are, they're that certain, they're the template, right? They've got glasses, the briefcase, the tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. wife's always solving everything. Dad's a giant moron. Somehow he pays for this fucking mansion. <laughs> I said, at the end of the day, we're pretty much our parents with like more up to date fashion and slightly different looks. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty spot on. Yeah. yeah. As you'll see shortly with Shia LaBeouf. Uh-oh. Uh Anyways, even Stevens. Whatever it's about is a big hit, and Shia quickly starts getting offers for film roles. A director for a project called Holes, uh, which is not a porno, is looking for the kid equivalent of a young Tom Hanks, and he is directed to the Even Stevens star. The movie is a success, both financially and culturally. Shia is nominated for an MTV Movie Award for Best Male Breakout Performance. This validates Shia as an up-and-coming star, and in just a few years... He's gone from the poverty-riddled life afforded to him by a jewelry designer and a psychotic Vietnam vet clown to being lauded as one of the most exciting actors of his generation. It's got to be wild, honestly. He lands a role in the movie Disturbia, which is a pretty big hit. He's in the buddy-endorsed classic Constantine with Keanu (laughs) Reeves. Absolutely. He's Keanu Reeves' right-hand man. That's right. And then (laughs) then he's cast in the Michael Bay mega-movie, Transformers. Now, let me take a moment to pause here and admit something to our audience. I have only seen one Shia LaBeouf movie in my entire life. Oh, really? Sincerely. Which one? As I was working through this, I realized that I am, of course, very aware of Shia LaBeouf and even know a little of his story. But when it came down to understanding why he's famous in the first place, I found myself mentally factoring his work that I've actually seen and yep, one movie, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which was fucking horrible. Yeah, that's his, that's one of his worst movies, Like, or just that movie as a whole sucked. I only watched it because I legitimately loved all the old Indiana Jones movies, and I remember being shocked at how bad of a movie it was. And that isn't picking on Shia LaBeouf, because it wasn't bad because of him, it was just bad for a lot of reasons. But yes, one Shia movie watched, and with that being said... I fucking know that Buddy, Mr. Blockbuster University over here, has definitely seen way more of Shia's movies. I'd bet my legs right now that he's seen all of the Transformer movies. I have seen all the Transformer movies. So Even the new ones with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> so, Buddy, 
Is there something with uh, Shia talent-wise? Is he a good actor? Is there a reason that I know about him without having watched his movies? I like the route you're taking with this, Mike, because I'm with you. I saw Transformers when it came out like 10, 12 years ago, whenever it came out. So, uh, yep, I, I'm in the dark here, so I'm interested to see. The only They said a Michael Bay movie, sci-fi Transformers. And also, I was a little too young. For Transformers, I was a more of a G.I. Joe kid, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sure, sure. But then I saw like him and when, and he had a t-shirt on for the Strokes. And I was like, oh, cool. I love the Strokes. I uh, still didn't watch the movie. Uh, but then uh, my wife and son were watching it, and I found myself watching like five-minute segments here and there. And I was just like, yeah, I'll never sit down and watch this whole thing. <laughs> so now Buddy loves these types of movies, and that isn't to say that he has bad taste because yeah. everybody likes these movies Does it not? but i don't no. know anything about him so why don't you why don't you relay to me and randy what your thoughts are on shia labeouf and his acting abilities and stuff like that why is he famous all right so if we're looking at his acting ab- abilities like he is a really like he's got the chops like he can just be really focused and really just recite back like uh, a lot of words really fast, almost like in an Eminem style, just like really rapid delivery okay. uh, of lines. But also it's just uh, he's very believable. He's uh, he's easily likable on the mm-hmm. screen. There are like I did think that with the Transformer series, um, you know, like albeit it is Michael Bay flicks and, you know, it's more known for the booms and the explosions and stuff like right. that. So it's, you know, hard for an actor to really grow yeah. on those. It's like trying to like have the actors on the Twilight movies really right. grow right. as actors yeah. throughout the whole one. Well, uh, and I series. can I can get action movies. I know why people like them, why you see them in theaters. They're exciting. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. No, no, no shame there. That's OK. But he did great in those. But like I said earlier, like even now, um even after he's gone through a lot of the stuff, he's like the peanut butter Falcon. Like he just does a really good, he does a really good job of acting. And if you can separate the actor from the person, yeah, I really enjoy watching him act uh, as long as it can be varied. The yeah. roles can be varied because, you know, after a while it can kind of feel repetitive. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, I really do like him as an actor. He, he's really good. I was going through his filmography and I was kind of surprised I hadn't seen some of these like, Fury is a movie I should have seen. Yeah, sure. And Disturbia, you probably should have seen that. Maybe so, yeah. Fury, though, I was like, all right, I like Brad Pitt. He's a good actor. You haven't seen Lawless? He plays uh, like one of the bootlegging guys with with Tom Hardy and uh, also somebody else, but they're all like bootleggers Hmm. back in the day. And uh, never saw it. Standing up to the law. I was like looking through. I was like, I can't believe I only, this is all I've seen. Uh, and it's not because of him. I'm not like, oh, fuck that guy. I just like the movies don't appeal to me. Although, like I said, Fury should have. I'm like, Lawless should have a too. World War II tank movie with like Brad Pitt. And yeah, him. So I was yeah. like, that should be cool. I just never saw it. Huh. Yeah, and I surprisingly enough, I love Brad Pitt, and I haven't seen Fury yet either. Yeah. Uh, that one just kind of slipped through the cracks for me. Yeah, but Randy, now you've seen Transformers, but have you seen any of his other movies? <sighs> That's it. No. That's it? Yeah. 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 I told I told you guys early on. I was like, man, I. The movie talk, I, I it sucks. I do. I miss out on life sometimes because I don't watch a ton of movies. You watch comedies. I do. I watch comedies, and I watch like I, I don't watch a whole lot of new movies. Yeah, I watch old movies that I've seen a bunch. Yeah, or yeah. reboots. Reboots. Yeah. yeah, like the new Top Gun. Yeah, how was that? Oh man. <laughs> 
Now, guys, <clears throat> next question. You've heard Randy talk about this for like, uh, what is it now? Like six months now. He's been yeah, hyped yeah. up. And uh, so you did actually get to go see Top Gun the other night, didn't you? I did get to go to the theater to watch Top Gun. It was uh, a movie. It was a theater where they served booze. Yes. Yes. And I may or may not have indulged a little bit too much before mm-hmm. the movie and then during the movie. So I'm gonna have to go rewatch it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm even just it, people that ask me if I've seen it. I'm just telling them no. Because <laughs> y'all, y'all have heard it. He's talking. He's like he, the 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 quote has always been take just my take money. my money, yeah. motherfucker. Just take my money twice. <laughs> and now now he's gonna have to watch that shit on his TV in his living room. <laughs> Take my money twice. Go yeah. ahead and buy the DVD so that way when you fall asleep a time or two at home, you can just, you know. I wonder if I can, like, buy it off of Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. Probably, yeah, but yeah. it won't yeah. be the same as, like, watching it on the big screen, I guess. No, no, not at all, but it's where I got in trouble. <laughs> yes, because you definitely, it's way more expensive to drink at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sucks, too, because we were at my parents' house this weekend, and, uh, they asked me, oh, have you seen the new Top Gun movie? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And my mom was like, oh, it's awesome. And, you know, tells me all about it. And I'm like, don't tell me all about the end. Nope, don't do that. So Parents It's a big movie. To do that. It's a, it made a billion dollars already. Yeah. And, really? and yeah. ran a race yesterday, Peachtree Road Race. So there's like 60,000 people. I want to tell you, I think I saw probably a thousand mustaches. Because, uh, because of, because of Goose's son That's right. bringing back the stash. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is a legit cultural phenomenon. Yep. Billion dollar movie maker in like a month. Mustaches everywhere on the MARTA train. Yeah. Wow. Like, wild. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've covered his movies a little bit here. Movies in general. All that good stuff. So uh, like I said, he did some movies of various size and quality. And he certainly makes it to A-list celebrity status by the time he's in his early 20s. I don't think there's any denying that. He was he was a big deal. Oh, big, yeah, absolutely. But all those demons from his youth don't just disappear because he's got money and fame now. So now let's get into the reasons why the gift of God is in our courtroom today. It starts with an arrest in 2007. Uh, he was arrested at 2.30 a.m. in a Chicago Walgreens after he refused to leave the store following several requests by a security guard who said that the actor, uh, who was 21 at the time, appeared to be drunk. He was charged with criminal trespassing, even though that charge would later be dropped. LaBeouf later said during an interview with David Letterman that the evening was part of his nuts 21st birthday celebration, and he ended up in the Walgreens because he was attempting to buy cigarettes. Quote, I got really wasted in Chicago and ended up celebrating in Walgreens. That sounds like a very believable story, actually. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, it sounds very plausible. Yeah. 21, yeah. Uh, and that that's, you know, he, he might have gone to jail. That's kind of a lightweight story as compared to some 21-year-old stories. It's very heard. true. But very yeah, true. I mean, that could have been any of us, like, looking for Gatorade yeah. and cigarettes at that time of night, you know. And we've <laughs> all been around that person who just doesn't know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You send that person into the store to buy something. Me at the Mexican restaurant the other night, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? I don't know. Burrito or something. <laughs> just, I don't know. I had to ask Mikey, have you ever been to a Mexican restaurant before? <laughs> it's bad. It's a long day of a golf tournament of drinking and in the sun. And I, I really did my best not to get completely faded, but... I knew by the time that I was at the Mexican restaurant and didn't want to be because I was like, I didn't anticipate being here. 
<laughs> and, uh, and whenever Mikey turns down Mexican willingly, yeah, you it's know, true. That's, uh, yeah. Yes. Well, that you know, we we're all friends. We're all enablers. <laughs> and I was like, I'll have a small margarita. And they're like, you little bitch. They're like, get a big one. And I was like, y'all don't want me to get a, a, a big margarita at this point. So I asked for a uh, chicken burrito. And they were like, what? What other burrito do you want? I was like, I don't know, like another chicken burrito. It was good. Uh, anyways, a year later, he was involved in a car crash in Hollywood and lost his driver's license for a year after he was found to be well over the blood alcohol limit. And then again in 2011, he was once again arrested after a drunken brawl in an L.A. bar. After a while of doing major Hollywood movies, though, LaBeouf seems to want to get some like credit as a thoughtful individual and a legitimate artist, and he begins participating in performance art pieces with Finnish artist Nastia Sade Ronco and British artist Luke Turner. Now, as a legitimate fan of art and art museums, possibly, probably the only one on this show, I'll say this right now. Performance art is, in my opinion, almost always the lamest, most cringe-inducing, most pretentious art medium that exists. Is that the one where they kind of dance around? Like, what is performance Anything can be performance art, but it's not like a solid piece that stays on a wall or it's like a lasting piece. It's something you do in the moment, and then you call it art. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Uh, some people like to call it pranks, which pranks are funnier. Okay. Performance art is like a serious prank where you're, I don't, I don't know. So jackass is performance art? You could argue that. Well, then I like performance is it, is art. A, is a flash mob, would that be performance mm-hmm. art? Okay. Yep. yep. All right. Randy's got the right idea. All right. It can be for fun, but sometimes it's meant to be taken very seriously. Uh, and we're going to get into some of these real quick. Let me give you a couple of shy's, like, quote unquote, works, and then I'll let you decide if you agree with me that performance art is hot trash. February 2014, LaBeouf turned up to the Berlin premiere of Lars von Trier's uh, controversial film, Nymphomaniac Volume 1. He starred in this movie. Uh, Lars von Trier's movies are very tough to watch for multiple reasons. He was wearing a black tuxedo and a brown paper bag over his face that said, I am not famous anymore, written across it in like all big capital letters. To the movie premiere? Yes. All right. So he shows up with a paper sack on his head? Yeah. Like like it's Halloween or something like that? Tuxedo. Paper sack on his head. On the paper sack, it says, I am not famous anymore. At a press conference for the movie uh, on the same leg of the trip, he gave one statement when they're asking about the movie. He says, quote, when the seagulls follow the trawler, it is because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. And then he walks out. All right. Yeah. Same Sounds like he's kind of fucked up, but... Yeah. Later, uh, LaBeouf launches the hashtag I am sorry project in which he appears alone in a museum with that same paper bag over his head in a room in a Los Angeles art space. Visitors are allowed one by one to visit him and use a variety of props in their interactions, including a bottle of Jack Daniels or like a cell phone or whatever it is. Afterwards, LaBeouf said in an interview with his magazine Dazed, he had been raped by one of the visitors during the five-day experiment. Afterwards, his collaborators Turner and Ronco publicly noted that they, quote, put a stop to the incident when they became aware of it. No charges were pressed against the alleged perpetrator. So he goes into a museum. There's a room. The exhibit is that he sits in there 
with his bag over his head. This is, I'm not famous anymore. And then you can enter into the room and then you can interact with him. And he has like props on the table, like a bottle of Jack Daniels yep. or a cell phone or whatever. And that's and he got raped during this process. That's what like he, says. So. he actually said it was more like she was like whipping him in the legs with like a like a stick or something like that. Like it was sort of like BDSM, like dirty rotten scoundrels. Oh. <laughs> He's huh. catching the. Well, it yeah. was a female that raped him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah. I thought it would have been a dude. No. No. Yeah. It's not. Uh, apparently not in this case. All right. Not know. all rapists are dudes, Randy. I know. Just most of them. Yes, that is true. Just 99% of them. Yeah, yeah most of them. Uh, another piece. In March 2015, during South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, the trio, him and his art buddies, transmitted LaBeouf's heartbeat online for six days with a website streaming audio and a real-time graphic of his beating heart. They described it as, quote, an exploration of just how intimate digital space can get, end quote. The artist characterized the piece as a, quote, reminder of our collective humanity, end quote. <laughs> the art fart piece is, is stupid, but the part about having your heartbeat showing online, I'd like to see mine. If that was my heartbeat, I think that'd be kind of cool if you yeah. could watch it. You, know? you have a an Apple watch. This is true. And I don't go to like a whole lot of. South by Southwest music festivals either. So. I mean, you can't even afford it anymore. Nowadays, it's like, it used to be like a really... Isn't it Austin, Texas? Yeah, right? it used to be like... Uh, it was like Burning Man, South by Southwest. Coachella. Uh, Coachella were all like sort of like startup things that you went to. They were cool, and then they got co-opted by tech Starbucks. companies and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, and you have like Ray Dalio showing up to fucking Burning Man. You're yeah. like, what is happening, man? Yeah. Yeah. So another one. In May 2015, LaBeouf, Ronco, and Turner released Hashtag Introductions, a half-hour video made in collaboration with Central St. Martin's fine art students comprising a series of short monologues performed by LaBeouf in front of a green screen. Each student had been instructed to provide the artist with a script to introduce their work, and the resulting footage was released under a Creative Commons license, enabling the public to freely adapt and remix it. This is where the popular meme of LaBeouf yelling, don't let your dreams be dreams. Just do it. Just do it. That's where it all came from. He had his weird braided ponytail. Well, and people don't know, this is why we started this show. <laughs> I was inspired by the just by do it. Shires. Just do it. Once he had the it in his hand and squeezed <laughs> it and then pointed at it and That's was right. like, just do it. And then I was like, you know what? This whole time. All I've been doing in my, with my life is middle management, but maybe I want to start a podcast with my friends. And then I played it for Buddy and Randy, and they were both like, yes! That's it. That was how this all started. We're going to do it! Yeah. And so far, we are doing it. Yeah. We are letting our dreams. No, we're not letting our dreams be dreams. That's right. I missed that part. <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> I should have taken better notes during that uh, that TED Talk. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, another one in uh, November 2015, the trio invited the public to join LaBeouf in person at New York's Angelica Film Center as he watched all of his movies consecutively in reverse chronological order over the course of three days. At the same time, a camera focused on LaBeouf's face and it was live streamed throughout the performance. So he watched all of his own movies. But in reverse, yes, 
like and in, then in reverse. Well, the thing y'all so are missing the payoff is when he actually saw the video of his own birth, and then <laughs> and then and then it was it was disgusting, and he could you could tell he was disturbed. Ugh. And it, knowing his parents, it was probably like a bathtub birth or something gross. <laughs> it was in the back of a van. <laughs> That's right. Yep. They they birthed him into a Taco Bell bag. <laughs> Some rat in the umbilical cord. <laughs> The back of an El Camino. Yeah. That's that's entirely too classy. <laughs> El Caminos are expensive now. They're much they're very desired. In December twenty fifteen, Liverpool's Foundation for Art and Creative Technology hosted a four day performance in which LaBeouf and his partners manned a phone line inside the gallery and fielded calls from strangers around the world, asking each of them, quote, Can you touch my soul? Visitors to the gallery were only able to hear one side of the telephone calls while the trio typed up their conversations over a publicly available Google Doc shared live on the project's website alongside a video feed of the installation. Over the course of the performance, they took over 1,000 calls, which Ronco later reflected had moved the artists, quote, with their sweet energy, laughter, singing, silence, life stories, emotions, end quote. As a conclusion of the project, Ronco tattooed LaBeouf's forearm with the words, quote, you now wow, end quote. Words that had merged from a conversation with a caller from Egypt. Wow. Now. Wow. You. So, like I said, pretentious, lame. To the hilt, pretentious. So man. bad. And yeah. I lo- like I said, I, I, I'll go to art museums all the time. I love a good painting. A good sculpture. I like films. Randy hates SA films. Yep. There's some good movies out there. Some great, great films. Movies. movies are different. Dumb and Dumber is a movie. There are movies that are legitimately great films. Performance art is a fart in a bag. Yeah. And that sounds kind of like a, almost a lot of what he's doing. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, you got to applaud him. He's doing what's feeding his soul. But, you know, it's kind of lame in the I mean, process. I'll, I do I have to applaud a serial killer for feeding their soul? Well, so it makes him happy, right? It's what he's just he's just expressing himself by murdering prostitutes on a fucking Oregon highway. <laughs> you know, at least no. is not hurting anybody in the process. No, not in this process. He was hurt. He was raped by some lady, which I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, dude. It's just to me it's 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 hot trash. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, listeners, you let us know what you think. Hashtag <laughs> LaBeouf Fartist. And let's see what happens there. How many times have you listened to an episode and thought, man, I wish they would have said this? Well, now with our interactive social media pages, you can. Let us know what you think about our show subjects and give us your scores. We'd love to hear from you. Well, most of you at least. Let's dive back into the action. All right, in 2016, he appears on CBS's Face the Nation to talk about health care reform while wearing an Abraham Lincoln costume and feigning to talk out of his butt, a la Ace Ventura, for the entirety of his debate with Ted Cruz. Did he really? No. I actually made that last <laughs> one up. But if I didn't admit that, I know some fuckers listening would be like, yeah, I guess that tracks. <laughs> Sounds about right. But how do they get a guy like this on there talking about health care? 
It didn't happen at all. I just made that up. Oh, entirely. the whole yeah. thing. I, yeah. <laughs> you fooled me, Mike. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, that would actually be very good performance art. Yeah, there. That it would is. be. That would actually be the best piece he did. There it is. Making fucking butthole faces to Ted Cruz. Come on, that'd be amazing. Anyway, during this time, beyond the cheesy performance art, uh, Shy is spiraling out of control. During the filming of a movie titled Charlie Countryman. Shia prepares for a drug scene by actually taking LSD prior to shooting. Another actor from the movie, a guy named uh, Rupert Grint, said, quote, He smashed the place up, got naked, and kept seeing this owl. If anything will make you not do drugs, it's watching that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have thought he maybe wouldn't have gone hard and gone fairly light on the dosage, but it sounds like. I don't think this guy has any caution to the wind a little bit there. Yeah. No, there's, I mean, I can't even like, dude, a heavy dose of acid. I'm like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want a bunch of cameras. Cameras and all over you. And yeah. It's true. People. In June 2014, he was arrested and charged with disorderly behavior after, quote, annoying other theater goers by slapping random people on the behind and on the back of the head. End quote. <laughs> I love saying behind. It's just great. <laughs> it's like what my grandma would say. Uh, that was at a performance uh, of Cabaret at Studio 54. As reported by Variety, LaBeouf was uh, smoking inside the theater, which is uh, not allowed, and stood up during the first act of the show and shouted at the actors, including stars Michelle Williams and Alan Cumming. Those are pretty big stars. So, yeah, you show up and there's like, who's that guy this. yelling at us? He's fucking smoking. Yeah. Slapping people on the ass. And yelling, disrupting the show. Nice. He's hammered. Having a good time. Totally hammered. He said he, sh he was drinking whiskey in Ireland. Flew over, drank the whole way, landed, continued to drink. Oh, Then boy. went to... I mean, he's like brownout at this point. Sounds probably like full blackout. Yeah, because he ended up grabbing Alan Cummings' ass. Yeah, that's probably full blackout moment. Yeah, I just can't imagine the thought process when you land after a like uh, transatlantic flight, and you're like, "Let's just keep this party rolling." Hey, I'm not tired. Just so. I, I could go to my apartment right. and just get drunk as I want to, or let's go to Studio 54 for a uh, showing of for a showing of cabaret. Also, in 2014, Shia was filmed trying to start a fight outside of a strip club, was thrown out of a restaurant for urinating up the wall, <laughs> which, <laughs> which that's how this is a direct quote from this article I found, up the wall. It's like pissed up a rope. The trajectory was incredible. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then he chased a homeless man down on the streets uh, in an attempt <laughs> to steal his McDonald's meal. <laughs> nice. This guy's fucking hard in the paint, man. <laughs> Peeing on walls, chasing homeless dudes. For their McDonald's? For their, for their hamburger, yeah. Yeah. I mean, either he's drinking a lot, lot, or like he can't handle it very well. It's probably a combination thereof. Yeah. I would think. And it's not like, oh, he can't handle his booze, but some people just get drunk quicker than others. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but also, usually people fuck their night up real bad, then they like, <laughs> they're like, hey, maybe I should chill it out. He's like, hell no. Nah. I'm a pissed up a wall. <laughs> And like chase after a homeless man for some McDonald's when he probably has like a thousand bucks in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, pro tip homeless guy. Let him attack you. You will no longer be homeless for at least for a little while. <laughs> Depending on what you do with the money. Uh, well, we know what they're probably going to do because they're usually mentally. I mean, honestly, this isn't even a joke. They're not. Yeah, they're not doing well mentally. So he'll probably they'll have the biggest homeless party of all time. <laughs> 
2016, LaBeouf decides to air a freestyle in which he disses rappers Little Yachty and Soldier Boy. He said, quote, him and Soldier on that shout out shit. This is not. This is murder. This is tragedy, man. He's like Romeo meets Raggedy Ann. Little Romeo. <laughs> Little Romeo meets Raggedy Ann. Um, this uh, it, it did not sit well with Soldier Boy, who also himself is not much of a gangster, but it's fine. Uh, Soldier Boy responded by saying, quote, you can't never come to Atlanta. <laughs> he said, you can't never come to the streets in the hood. You don't want no beef on my mama. You better stick to acting, N-word. <laughs> he said, because this shit gets real. Shire responded by releasing another diss track and promised to visit Atlanta, quote, when his schedule is flexible. <laughs> Which is legitimately hilarious. He, he, uh, yeah, had a, a diss track that was probably fairly crafty and, you know, witty. And that guy came back and was like, come to my neighborhood and I'll yeah. fucking kill yeah. you. Yeah. Like, Soldier boy. Don't the guy come here at all. The guy that put out a fucking, uh, what was it, a, a video game Soldier emulator boy. and got, so, got sued by Nintendo. <laughs> Soldier boy. Now, little Yachty might shoot your ass. I don't know. Soldier boy is not really super gangster. Uh, but yeah, I thought that his response was pretty hilarious. <laughs> Coming to Atlanta, he's like, well, it fits my schedule. Uh, in 2017, LaBeouf had an outburst at a California bowling alley after a bartender refused to serve him French fries. <laughs> in a video shared by TMZ, LaBeouf can be seen shouting and cursing at the bartender and claims that he was hit in the head with a bottle. LaBeouf then said, you fucking racist bitch. <laughs> Security tried to escort LaBeouf out of the bowling alley, but he consistently stopped to call the bartender racist a few more times before eventually leaving the premises. However, TMZ reported that LaBeouf had to return to the bowling alley because he was still wearing the bowling alley shoes. Nice. <laughs> I, I knew it might be shoe related. Yeah. That's fantastic. Like I said, which is also hilarious. That same year, LaBeouf was arrested in Georgia, down in Savannah, when he went on a racist tirade against a black police officer. CNN reported that LaBeouf approached a bystander and a police officer at around 4 a.m. and asked for a cigarette. Uh, after he was refused one, LaBeouf grew upset and verbally abusive. He was asked to leave the area, but refused and continued to use profanities and verbally abusive language towards the officer. <laughs> a cop. Yeah. Good choice there. Asks the cop for a smoke. Cop says no. Gets mad at him. Oh, yeah. Just starts yeah, assault, verbally assaulting him. Well, you'll see. It makes sense. Uh, it said, uh, when the officer attempted to place LaBeouf under arrest, LaBeouf ran to a nearby hotel. Uh, the Savannah Chatham Metropolitan uh, Police Department said in a statement about the incident, LaBeouf was then arrested and body cam footage obtained by TMZ TMZ doing the Lord's work here. You yes, know. they always do. <laughs> Showed LaBeouf uh, continuing to say vulgarities. Quote, you've got a president who doesn't give a shit about you, and you're stuck in a police force that doesn't give a fuck about you, so you want to arrest what? White people who give a fuck? Then the footage uh, showed the actor at the police station after his arrest. LaBeouf said to the officers, quote, you're going to hell, straight to hell, bro, but then singled out one particular cop and said, you especially, Devin. A white officer asked LaBeouf why he said Devin specifically, to which LaBeouf replied, because he's a black man. <laughs> oh, no. No. Oh. Damn it. Yeah. He accuses people of being a racist, but then he's a racist himself. 
Oh, this is he sounded blackout drunk. Totally blackout yeah. drunk. And also on that, this is the definition of like the white privilege thing that hurts because he's just like, I'm here helping you, man. I'm here on your side. Yeah. I'm not racist. Why would you arrest me? Well, you broke the law in the day. You yeah. know what I mean? And then being like, you're going to hell, man, because you're a black guy that's arresting me as a that's white right. guy. I'm like, I think you got this thing all fucked up, brother. Yeah. Finally, we get into the worst of the allegations regarding Shia LaBeouf. In December 2020, the New York Times reported that singer FKA Twigs filed a lawsuit against uh, ex-boyfriend LaBeouf. FKA Twigs claims that emotional and physical abuse took place during their relationship, which lasted from 2018 to 2019 when they starred together in LaBeouf's autobiographical movie, Honey Boy. In the lawsuit, FKA Twigs claimed that LaBeouf was violent, accused uh, him of throwing her against a car, choking her, and giving her bruises. The singer also claimed that LaBeouf was emotionally abusive and wouldn't, quote, let her wear clothing to bed. She said, quote, what I went through with Shia was the worst thing I've ever been through in my whole life. I don't think people would ever think that it would happen to me, but I think that's the thing. It can happen to anybody. The New York Times also presented LaBeouf with accusations from another girlfriend, Carolyn Foe, who alleged that LaBeouf headbutted her and made her bleed. Damn, a headbutt. Yeah, headbutts are... There's one... You gotta be there's careful. One, there's one time that you use a headbutt. That's when you have nothing else to use. You got to be careful. You'll break your nose real quick. Yeah. Or yeah, do like, it like top of the forehead yeah. more so, but people just go right on in. They think and, you just hit between your eyes and yeah, you're going to hit your nose. Now in the movies, you head by somebody, they go out immediately. But usually, yeah, you break the bridge of somebody's nose. It's also uh, incredibly dangerous. You never do that for yourself or for anybody. Oh man, that sound it makes when two people's heads collide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I you also got to think about like the stability of the person that throws the headbutt. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> if you're going to be if that is your go-to weapon, you know, or your like weapon of choice in any kind of physical fight, especially with women, I mean that's Oh yeah, you should never headbutt a woman. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. Unless she is fighting your wife. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The one caveat in the place. No, they, like literally the only time there's a headbutt involved, face to face, and you know that person has a knife or something. Right. You're like, they've got, I gotta, and they've got you in like a bear hug, you know? Yeah, like, yeah you have no other, no other option. It's not, it's, not, it's not great. Yeah, so he headbutted, oh, allegedly. Twigs also said that LaBeouf explained to her how he prepared for a specific acting role which was by driving around and shooting stray dogs. Whoa. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. What? And that, yeah. That's how he prepared for a role? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. It was a movie, in all fairness, Academy Award winning movie called I Shoot Stray Dogs. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That was, that's fucked up. Did the role have anything to do with dogs? or I never saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I didn't the wrong see that guy. one either, yeah. so yeah. 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 No clue, no clue. Though he denied specifics uh, in a statement, LaBeouf appeared to admit that there was at least some level of wrong that he had done, stating, quote, I've been abusive to myself and everyone around me for years. I have a history of hurting people closest to me. I'm ashamed of that history, and I'm sorry to those that I hurt, end quote. Okay. So he never really denies the animal abuse either, does he? 
No, he said that. Also, at this point, when it becomes public, attorneys are telling you what to do. Honestly, his attorney probably was like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah. You can't say that. You can't. <laughs> saying sorry means you're fucked. Yeah, you're guilty. Yeah, that's and that's sad that that's the case, but that's why they tell you. Like, literally, like, in situations that I work at, at work, they're like, never apologize. You cannot never. apologize. Yep. That's crazy. Because that's an admission, admission of guilt. Admission of guilt, but so that's. Uh, yeah, it's horrible. That's the society we live in. Yep. What a. That's so messed up. I know. Let's blow it up. <laughs> Let's kill some dogs. <laughs> and by dogs, I mean attorneys. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just totally kidding. Um, anyways, these accusations have certainly hurt the star who was pulled from a number of projects here recently. Mm. It's tough to come back from that one. Yeah. yeah. We'll see if he's got a comeback story in him. But as of right now, it's looking like a long climb back to any level of stardom that he once enjoyed. Will he be Justin Bieber or will he be... Lindsay Lohan. We'll find out. And honestly, I won't give a fuck either way. <laughs> <laughs> so, final scores. Shia LaBeouf. Uh, just do it! All right. So, you know, I, I did learn some things about the guy. Um, childhood, interesting. Dad was a clown. Mom was a dancer. Just kind of a weird, weird upbringing. And the whole thing, you know, he talked about his father. And I could imagine them spending a lot of time together. Where you are going to have the good moments, right? You're going to have probably those father-son moments, but his dad was a fuck-up. So once he would get fucked up, bad things would usually happen. Well, there was one that I didn't include in here, but that his father was talking about. His dad was very open about how shitty of a father he was. But then he closes this out by saying, like, but I must have done something right because Shia was a millionaire by the time he was 18. Look at him. Yeah. Then he says he is my uh, honey boy, my money honey. Oh, oh man! Wow, yeah. money honey. Yeah, something wow. like that. Yeah, I don't like that. Something around that honey Obviously, pot. Uh, yeah, I mean, his dad wanted him to be, uh, he put him into acting, all that shit. I mean, that's the way he looks at his son is a fucking cash cow, yeah. not like oh, I mean, even to put your son through all that shit, and then be like, <laughs> it worked out. He's rich and I'm paid for. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I guess and so obviously this dude's struggling with all sorts of shit. Yeah. Must have got something right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. One way to look at it. Um, yeah. I guess I realized he was in a lot of movies. Didn't know. I, it sounds like he's pretty widespread. I didn't know about the performing arts thing. That's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah. extremely lame. Yeah. I can't get behind that at all. No. Yeah. I couldn't. I'm with you. I'm man. like, why don't you just like learn to paint or something? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what Jim Carrey did. I know. And sucked. even that. Well, yeah, because honestly. It's tough to be a good painter or whatever. And then he was also like uh, with Jim Carrey, he was like getting into painting. I'm like, just paint what you want, dude. But that, he was like, that's oh, what he does. And, well, he did. But he was also like cribbing off of like Banksy was huge at the time. Yeah. So he was like, oh, now I'm going to get into spray paint and stuff. I'm like, you got to figure out your own style. Also, remember, it's too late for you now. It's like being, you know, like the child of a famous person. Like everybody's going to question what you're doing like if jim carrey had just come out and been never acted or was never a comedian never made 20 million dollars a film and did did art like he may have had some respect and be like oh that's fairly good art but you're like no dude you're an actor and this is like a hobby for you there's no way around that right right you know yeah. what i mean it's hard and it, i've seen his work and i'm just like it is derivative i was like you're cribbing off of banksy all this stuff like that um you know so he's not i'm sorry it's over hey you you, you won life's lotto yeah, but, it, but and he actually kind of acknowledges that. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I've done Hollywood and I'm kind of done with it. Yeah. So unless it's like 
written in golden ink. Yeah. And I just feel like I have to. I'm just going to do what I like doing, which is painting. Yeah, which is cool. And I'm I'm totally cool with that. And I hope he is happy with that. And, and I'm sure it hurts because if that's what he loves and he wants to be taken seriously, I'm just like, it's not going to happen. Right. But uh, most people don't get taken seriously. For I their, think at for this their point, but I think with him, at least he's in a, a unique position to where he doesn't care about that anymore. You know, because he, he uh, often talks about how he was like a two-time Golden Globe winner. Yeah. And he goes to bed at night thinking, God, if I was just a three-time Golden Globe right. winner, yeah. Yeah. then I would be happy. No, he's but, lucky. You know. He gets to make paintings and they'll be worth more than they would be normally. Otherwise, yeah. you'd yeah. see him at a swap meet. Right. 100%. Yep. All right. So going back to uh, Shia LaBeouf. So honestly, and it sounds like his early troubles would have been some shit he would have had happen hanging around us. Getting drunk and getting in trouble. Yeah. Like, yep. That was what was happening. Like we said, sure. the guy in the winding up drunk at yeah. a Walgreens at four in the morning. That's right. Needing Slapping cigarettes. people on the ass at uh, the Studio Fifty Four at Carnegie, not sure. Carnegie Hall, but yeah. Uh, uh, what was the movie there? Cabaret. Cabaret. Yeah. So you know, but obviously, it takes a very negative turn at the end, where the abuse allegations come up. That's pretty shitty. So, you know, looking at some other folks right in that general vicinity where I think I'm going to land him, I got him at a 6.1 final score. 6.1, which is also the same as Kanye. And outdoes. And Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. That's right. All right. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yep. He's Buddy. worse. He's worse than, than um, who is that at 6.0? Steven Seagal. <laughs> nice. I'm just kidding. All, All right. right, buddy. What do you got? All right. So for me, uh, yeah, I didn't know that he had such a troubled childhood. I knew that he had, you know, like his uh, dad. I knew there were some issues there. And, um, you know, I know that that kind of played into some of Shia's mental issues. And, you know, it's hard, man, when these kids just have just access to unlimited money. And, you know, like I heard some comedian talking about it and he was like, you know, it's not that these celebrities have these like public meltdowns because, you know, it's, it's like these flukes or anything like that. It's just that like, for instance, like Lindsay Lohan, you know, like she had a really bad cocaine problem, but guess what? Everybody in their twenties has a bad cocaine problem. They just don't have access to unlimited money. And yeah. Lindsay did, and that's well. And where... she also had shitty parents too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah she did, and uh, well, it sounds like Shia LaBeouf did too. That's right, and so you know, that's just a recipe. I did see something this week, or it was I don't know, it was probably a year ago, somewhere. Like Britney Spears, her her mom now is in an MLM scheme because she doesn't <laughs> have, yeah, of she course. doesn't have Britney's money of anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah, I of saw course. that. I was like, whoa, dude, what the fuck. So yeah, no, I think he's you know just like. Unfortunately, a victim of, you know, just being a, a huge celebrity from when he was young and just being in the spotlight. And it's just hard to handle. And we've talked about that many times, how we're so glad there wasn't social media around and, mm -hmm. you know, anything like that when we were growing up. Because, I mean, we would have gotten in a lot more trouble mm -hmm. than uh, we did. So, um, but, you know, I really I, I don't like the uh, talks of abuse from multiple girlfriends here at the end yep. or allegations of it. Uh, I really don't like the allegations of animal abuse as well. Like I knew that was going to get you, buddy. Yeah, that's a, that's a big red flag for me. That's a, that's rough. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to have to jump him up as well. You know, pre-show, I had him at a 5.0. But, I mean, everything that we've talked about definitely puts him up into at least Steven Seagal. 
territory. So, yeah, I'm going to push him up to a 6.0 just to match Steven Seagal. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where Mikey rounds out the show at. All right, Mikey, what do you got? Uh, I feel bad for him in a way. Uh, there's no way you can't. I mean, we had a hard time gauging Tila Tequila's situation because she had a fucking aneurysm. Yeah, yeah, that and was a rough one. And she's like a legit Nazi. And yeah. she's just like literally like putting like a Hitler mustache on her kid. It's very bad, but you're like, okay. Um, Shia didn't have a aneurysm, but he had a horrible upbringing. Yeah. And it's very apparent that his dad is a horribly abusive parent. Awful. I mean, whatever. I, and then that, how do you... How do you start life out and be normal when that's your beginning trajectory? Yeah, that's your barometer in the beginning. Yeah. And everything else is like his performance art, lame to me. I hate performance art, but that doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, it just makes you annoying. <laughs> uh, you know, um, the only real issue is, you know, even his arrest and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it's not cool to go to cabaret and like fucking, you know, interrupt a fucking showing. It's not cool. You're an asshole, but like, you know, not like. I don't know, Steven Seagal, like, raping, like, you know, 12 chicks or something like that. Um, the the bad part is, you know, shooting stray dogs. If that's true, again, He alleged. never denied it. So that's, that's, it's when true. somebody calls you a, I think a dog did. killer, yeah. you know. You, I could see it, too, because he, he actually, in the, in the interview, they were talking with uh, his girlfriend at the time. She was just like, he was just like, this is what I do. He's like, you have no respect for the art. He's like, this is method acting. And I'm like, uh, you know. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, abusing women. Yeah, there was obviously uh, issues there, so it's not great. So all that being said, I am going to put him at. I mean, Adam Newman had a six point oh eight, and so did Dog Chapman. Mm -hmm. And they did way worse to people. I think you know Adam Newman ripped off tons of people. A lot of people lost a lot, like tons of money on that. Uh, Dog Chapman um, forced us to watch shitty TV for a little while. Killed the dude. He well, he was a, he was an accessory. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah. So I'm gonna put him in a six point oh five because he's obviously worse than Steven Seagal. But I just sort of feel bad for the guy. So yeah, you go six point oh five. All right, with a six point oh from Buddy, a six point one from Randy, and a six point oh five from Mikey. Shia LaBeouf's final asshole score is a 6.05. All right, 6.05. He is oh man, just above Steven Seagal. Mike Tyson's right behind Steven Seagal as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just below Adam Newman and Dwayne the Dog Chapman. Oh, yeah, just like we were talking about right there. Yep, so. yep. 6.05. Yep. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. We've had an awesome turnout recently on our Patreon page, so we want to give a big shout-out to all of the new Patreon members and all of our current Patreon members, we absolutely appreciate the support. Um, all your stickers and swag are going out soon, so keep an eye out for that. Tell your friends if you are enjoying the show, tell them to go sign up as well. You saw how easy it was. Be one of the cool kids. Be kind to one another, and we'll see you next time on Asshole Court. Asshole Court.